Now the gospel is not the gospel unless we have a revelation that He's risen. That's where the power comes from, that Jesus Christ is risen. I love this, you know. Jesus was the only man who ever died and came back to life and stayed alive. Lazarus was dead, resurrected, but died later on again. Oh, you didn't get this. Jairus' daughter was dead, raised from the dead, died later. Jesus Christ was dead, rose from the dead, lives forevermore, never to die again. Now, the scripture teaches us that man was created to live forever. But because of sin, man died. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, God says because of man's sin, man will die. Paul later on says the, the wages of sin is death. This is why Jesus could not be killed. Because he was sinless. Think about this. When they got to the tomb, his body was no longer there. And the Bible says that when he appeared to his disciples, they cried out, it's a ghost. He said, hey, handle me. You know, let's come and touch me. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones. Feel it. Feel the holes in my hands. Feel the holes in my side. Because he, he rose up with his whole physical body. Think about this. When you die, you go to the grave. Your body decays in the ground while your spirit and your soul is alive. Because the Bible says man came from dust and from dust you will return. But when Jesus died, his body could not return to dust. Do you know why? Because his body did not consist of dust. Of dust. His body consisted of the Word. You didn't get this. The Word became flesh. Dwelled among us. His body could not go back to dust because his body did not consist out of dust. His body consisted out of the Word of God. And the Word of God can never go back to dust. It can never come back void. It can never die. It carries power. Resurrection power. And that's our testimony this morning that Christ is alive. Christ is alive. Come on, you have to give Him an extra shout of praise right now. Christ is alive. Jesus this morning is the captain of our salvation. Praise God that there's no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. You know, many times they, when my wife and I, we're very outspoken people. Even when we're on television. In America, we got emails. You have to apologize for what you said about the Muslims. We will apologize about twang. I will not apologize for what Jesus Christ himself said. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one goes to the Father but through me. You can't be offended at me. Be offended at the word. I was banned by Uber worldwide. Because I offended a Muslim man. Playing his rubbish. Jesus is here. Everything I need is here. They kicked us out on the curbside. Got an email. You're banned for life. Good. I'm accepted in heaven. This is the hour church of the living God. Where we can no longer tolerate a watered down gospel. We need to stand for the truth of God's word. These people dying, going to hell because they are feeding a lie. We are being fed a lie. We need the gospel of Jesus Christ without gimmicks, without add-ons. The pure word of Jesus that he still heals, he still saves, he still delivers. He's the answer to all your problems. My God, he's the answer. I said he's the answer all your problems I have to get to the word now otherwise we're not going to get out of this building today I feel the fire of God lift those hands lift, lift both of your hands I pray that this fire that's on me shall fall upon God's people right now right now a fresh fire from your head to the soles of your feet Lord I release it in this place in the name of Jesus Thank God I'm chosen. Shout, I'm chosen. One more time, I'm chosen. I'm favored. Hallelujah. You know, the whole week we've celebrated what Jesus has done for us. Pentecost. 
and Easter and, you know, the liberation that God brought to His people from Egypt. I'm part of that, by the way. You know, the Bible says that Jesus became the curse. Because the Scripture says everybody who hangs on the tree is cursed. So every curse that was written for me came upon Him. So that I no, no longer be part of the curse of the law. But I'm part of the blessing of Abraham. I've become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. When I die and I stand before God one day, He's not going to look upon my sin. He's going to see me clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness. My God is not going to look at all my mistakes. He's going to look at His Son's accomplishments. Let the blood of Jesus speak for me. From the beginning of time, I want to take everything. Whew. I'm going to try to put it together in five minutes. And you know, after I'm going to ask questions, you have to make sure you take a, a pen and a paper and we're going to go. All right, first message. Here we go. Are you ready? In the beginning of time, God knew man is going to fail. There has to be a board meeting in heaven. And God the Father, God the Word, and God the Spirit came together and they decided to create humanity for the simple reason that God loves us so much that He wants somebody that looks like Him, sounds like Him, talk like Him, so that He can commune with them. Now, He does not need the angels because the angels do not look like Him. They were not created in His image and in His likeness. He, he wanted to create a people for himself i have not been created for myself i've been created for his pleasures that's what the word says who knows that you've been created for his pleasures i believe one thing that god has got a great sense of humor sometimes he looks at us and he laughs can you imagine god sits in heaven and laughs so it's okay to laugh i'm a pentecostal all right, so this is a Pentecostal church. You can laugh, you can jump, you can scream, you can run. All right. And then we're also charismatics, and then we're also <laughs> believers, and we're also blood-washed. All right, but let's go back to the Word. And they decided to have a board meeting to, dis to discuss us. And God says, the laws is just going to separate man more and more and more from me. I'm going to need a Savior. I can just imagine God, the word we, which we know is Jesus Christ, stepped to the front and he said, send me, I'll go. I'll go, I'll pay that price. He turned to the Holy Spirit, he said to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to empower me because man without you is dead. Man without you is religion. Man without you is dry. It's empty. Well, I'm going to need you to empower me to manifest heaven on the earth. That's what the Holy Spirit does today, by the way. He's the one who makes everything real. He's the one that makes Jesus alive to your heart. He's the one that takes the, the word of God and gives you revelation. I'm going to need you. And the Holy Spirit turned him into a seed, put God, God the Word in Mary's womb. And long story short, we all know that he was born from a virgin. Miraculous miracle from heaven. Jesus grew up. The scripture says at the age of 30, his ministry began. He was baptized with, the, with water, but also the Holy Spirit came upon him. Hallelujah. He became the Lamb of the world. Preached. The Bible says they've never seen a man preaching with boldness like Jesus. Look at me quickly. Jesus was not timid. Jesus was not weak. He was not a pushover. Stop believing that Jesus was just this. Meek does not mean weak. Christians we call to be meek, not weak. Stop thinking that Christians must be weak. We're not weaklings. Come on, we are the righteousness of God. And the Bible says they hated Christ from the word go. By the way, Jesus says they will hate you because they hated him. Who believes that? Hallelujah. Do you believe that? They hated him. This is why they will hate you. How many of you knows that this is what Jesus says? He says in the last days there will be persecution that will come. They will drag you to prison. We're living in there right now. Pastors are being locked up because they're having church. Well, I have a jail ministry. <laughs> and here's the scripture. It says, it goes on. So at the age of 33, 33 and a half years, they decided they're going to kill Jesus Christ. 
The thing is, Satan was confused from the beginning of time. Because God said to him in the Garden of Eden, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head. From that moment onwards, he was so confused, he did not know what's going to hit him. The seed of the woman is going to crush my head. And he realized, that I need to kill the boys. Because it's only men that carry seed. Let me speak to the other side. It's only men that carry seed. How can the seed of the woman... You didn't get this. Let me try to say it one more time. Woman does not have seed. Man have seed. God said the seed of the woman will crush your head. He was confused. Then they tried to take out the whole generation because they did not know who's the right Messiah. They could not get to Him. Because God has called Him with a mandate from heaven. I'm getting somewhere right now. You better, you better hold on to your seats. He had a mandate from heaven to, to set those who's, who's captive, to set them free. And it's a long story short. The scripture says when the night when Jesus was praying, Judas sold him out. Soldiers came. I love what the book of John says. That when the soldiers came, Jesus was not running away. He stood up and he said, who are you looking for? They said, we are looking for Jesus. He said, it is I. And when he said, it is I, they fell backwards under the power of God. That's a bad scripture, by the way, that it's biblical to fall over. Uh, who are you seeking? Jesus of Nazareth. It is I. Bang! Under the power of God, they went. He could have run. He could have said, hey guys, let's go. He did not run. He did not run. The scripture says Peter was so angry that he drew a sword and he cut off a soldier's ear. And Jesus says, Peter, put away your sword. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Jesus picked up this man's ear. I'm talking to you about a man who came after Jesus. Jesus put the ear back and the ear grows back completely. I love what the scripture says in Acts chapter 7. He says, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised in your heart and in your ear. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your forefathers did, you do also. An uncircumcised heart is a heart that does not want to believe an uncircumcised ear is an ear that you hear but you don't listen that uncircumcised philistine came to get jesus from that from that garden and the bible says peter cut off his ear the soldier's ear became an uncircumcised ear because later when jesus was crucified the soldier fell on his knees and says surely this is the son of the living god Sometimes you need the cutting. The cutting is sometimes good to bring you to a place of purity with God. Sometimes when the cutting comes, your ears opens up automatically. Come on, there's something in the cutting. There's something in the bruising that opens up your heart to God. Sometimes God does not stop the storm, but He gets into the storm with you. You might say, Lord, why didn't you stop the world from flooding? God was in the ark with Noah. Hear me right now. Many times in the cutting, your ears opens up automatically. And God does something with your heart. Allow God, my goodness, listen to me. When you go up the mountain, you will be a lad. But when the cutting starts, you'll come down as a son. Who of you in this place is, I'm no longer a lad this morning. I'm a son of God. Come on, I'm a son of God. You have to allow the cutting. I said, you have to allow the cutting. The cutting is good. The scars is a testimony of what God has gotten us out of. But something happened. Jesus became the Passover lamb, the sacrificial lamb. And we understand, we are, I'm going to get to the resurrection part just now, but I want you to understand that when Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, He died and He shed His blood seven different times at seven different places. And you all know, I've, I've, I've touched on this before. There was a covenant. You will understand. They said to the, the lepers, go and dip yourself seven times in the Jordan. Why seven times? It speaks about the seven places Jesus shed His blood. When, when the lepers was supposed to be cleansed, they had to be sprinkled seven times. That speaks about the seven times Jesus shed His blood. Seven speaks about perfection. Say perfection. Now I want to get you where I am. Perfection. Not half done. Not to be continued, but perfection. Perfection. Say we perfection. Nothing needs to be added on. It's perfected. And He made a covenant each time that blood was shed. And the, the Bible says His covenant will never lose its power. The covenant will never stop. It will go over to a thousand generations. I'm speaking to the sons of that, that's part of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Where, where are you in this place? Read the Bible. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Vessel. 
All right, that God says, I'll never break my covenant with you. It will go over a thousand generations to those who's fearing God, those who's lovers of God. Where's the lovers of God in this place? You have a covenant and you have covenant rights. This is why right now in the name of Jesus, I take authority over everything that has harassed you in Jesus' name. Every sickness, every disease, come on, every bad feeling, every thing of your past, ripped out of your heart right now in Jesus' name. Shout covenant. You know what you can't face today, you possess tomorrow. It's time to open up your mouth. I want to say this, maybe not part of the meet, meeting, but you need to understand this. The kingdom of God travels through sound. Nothing happens until you open up your mouth and declare the word of God. You want God to manifest His glory here right now? Open those mouths and declare, thus say of the Lord, He's the God of covenant. This is why I get people with me to say, Amen. Say hallelujah. Why? Because that's the way you release the sound from heaven. I mean, manifest on the earth. This is why when the devil can keep the church silent, that's when he's got victory. But when the church starts getting together in one accord, worshiping, opening up their mouths and pray, God will shake a place. Read the Bible. There was no shaking until there was a praying. Declare with me, covenant God. One more time. Now I'm going to touch this quickly and then I'm going to get to the word. Seven things. The Bible says in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed so intensely that his sweat became blood. Some of you have heard this before. You have not heard this enough. You have to hear it sometimes 21 times until it becomes a reality to you. The covenant still stands. In the, in the Bible, it says clearly Jesus prayed intensely, so intensely that his sweat became blood. The, the devil tried to kill Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. I, I, I just think about this, that Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Father, if it's possible, is it not, is, isn't there another way that we can get this done? But again, not my will. Let thy will be done. And his, his sweat becomes blood. Now, I don't care what Google says. Google Samar. Google lies. I was in a church the one that I said, Google lies. And mom called me. She says, please, just speak to my son. I said, what's wrong? He's supposed to do schoolwork and he needs to go on Google. And he says he refused to go on Google because the pastor says Google lies. I said, I'm not going to tell him no. Google lies. Google lies. Let me just say this. The Bible should be taken literally. Literally. It's a literal interpretation. From the Spirit of God. If the Bible says the sky is red, then the sky is red. Amen. So his sweat became blood, became blood, and blood dropped on the floor. Satan thought, This is it. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to give him a heart attack. You know, I studied this. Medically speaking, when your sweat becomes blood, you are going through such a high anxiety level of stress and fear that your heart can explode on the inside of you. Satan thought, oh, He's going to kill Christ Jesus. Because think about this, he's got no idea what's going on. The Bible says this very clearly, if they knew who they crucified, <laughs> they would not crucify the Lord of hosts. God said to the devil, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head. In other words, God already told Satan in the Garden of Eden, you are losing. <laughs> you are losing. You are losing. Think about this, before he even corrupted more people, God told him, you're a loser. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus got a covenant with the church. This covenant is not for worldly people. This covenant is not for the, those who sit on the fence. These are for those who's part of the covenant of God. Come on, the sheep of His pasture. That He makes a promise and a covenant. This is the covenant. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. This means that He took punishment so that I can live in peace. I don't have to stress. I don't have to fear. Why do you think the Bible says 365 times, don't fear? I want 10 people that will help me. Be crazy with me today. Do not fear. So he took the chastisement upon him. He took that punishment. So people, what they do is they stress about life. Jesus says, don't stress about anything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. So we worry, we stress. And Jesus says that he took the punishment for our stress upon him already. 
So what do I do, Rachel, when I start to stress? Do you know what I do? I have, an, I have two opportunities right now. I either enthrone my problem, or I say, Jesus, I want to tell you how beautiful you are. Let me tell you something. When you have a problem, and you have the opportunity to worship God, the more you tell Jesus what you think about Him, the smaller the problem gets. He becomes so big, so real to you, that suddenly stress is out of the door. Stress has no power. Come on, I take authority in the spirit right now. That, that spirit of fear, that spirit of stress and anxiety, I break it. I break that bondage over you in the name of Jesus. Stress, go! He paid the, uh, the penalty. You can write that down. Remember this. There's a covenant for my peace. He may even made that covenant of peace of Noah. He said, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Come on, somebody needs to hear me speak right now. This is why Jesus even says, don't worry about what you'll eat, what you will wear. Your heavenly Father will take care of you. Why? Because Jesus Christ, He's seated next to the Father as your mediator. He says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, He shall give it to you. People decide to stress. I decide to worship. Let me say that again. You can decide to stress or you can decide to worship. But there's a covenant. And that covenant's got my name on. Come on, right at the end of the page, there's a signature. My name is written in the, in the Lamb's blood. It's signed. It's sealed. It's delivered. I'm part of the covenant of God. The Bible says they took Jesus away. They put Him in a place where they questioned Him that night. And they mocked Him. There was about 450 people that stood around Jesus that night. They spat in His face. They tried to hit Him with fists. They tried to tear Him apart. The Scripture says they took, they took a, 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 a staff. They hit Him over the head. Think about if just 10 people stand around you and you, they spit in your face. Think about this. Jesus was not defending Himself. He was not fighting back. I want you to picture this right now. He was just quiet. Because I believe that He saw your face. He could have called a legion. He did not. And the Bible says, now, if you study this, the scripture says in the book of Isaiah 50, I gave my precious beard for them to pluck out and my back for them to struck. What they did with Jewish men, the, the, one of the highest forms of humiliation was to rip out their beards from their faces. They tried to humiliate him, but what they did not realize is while they were humiliating him, number two, plucking the beard from his face, he cut the covenant of the church. He says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Okay, let me say that again. I want to I wanna follow the Holy Spirit. You get a bad doctor's report. The doctor says, you have two weeks to live. But my Bible says that life and death, maybe you hear me this side, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Then that doctor prophesies over you. But you have an opportunity to say, hey, the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. I choose to live. You decide. Did you know that? The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Let me say that again. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. The Bible promised us 120. He did not say 30. He did not say 50. He did not say 60. He said 120. With long life will I satisfy you. So Jesus made a covenant with our tongues. He says whatsoever I declare shall be. The tongue is a small member. It kindles a fire. People speak themselves broke, defeated. Let me just say this. We insult God. His name is I am. You wake up and say, I am sick. I am broke. I am in need. You use God's name in vain. His name is not I was broke. He's the I am. I am healer. I am redeemer. I am free. Come on. Counselor. You want to change your scenery? You want to change what you see? You better change what you say. Life and death is in the... My God. This tongue has not been given to badmouth people, to speak death in my situation. This tongue has been given to be the oracles of God from heaven and declare the word of God over my situation. This is why Jesus never said, speak about your mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. I have a covenant with your tongue. Well, it gets me excited. I want to buy this CD myself. When you say, Mountain! In the name of Jesus! 
be now removed. It's like Jesus himself commands that mountain to be removed. My tongue is in covenant. Shout, my tongue is in covenant with God. Look yourself in a mirror and say, hey, hey, you mooi ding. <laughs> when your doctor says you better check what you're eating and drinking, do it in front of the mirror. <laughs> Looking good. <laughs> I see all the guys running to the mirrors today. <laughs> eating that chocolate in front of a mirror. Just check what you eat. Uncle Denzel, this is a revelation. When you eat, get the mirror and just check what you eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My tongue is in covenant. I say my tongue is in covenant. I want to I ask God that God will set your tongue on fire. That you'll start to speak life over your situation. You speak life over your children. You speak life over your marriage. Come on, you speak life over everything that you see. You declare the word of God. It shall not come back void. My tongue is in covenant. So when they plucked out his beard, his face was bleeding, covenant was made with the tongue. Shout hallelujah. The Bible says then they mocked him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They mocked him to be the king of the Jews. While he was the king of kings and the lord of all lords. You know, medically proven that when those, when those uh, thorns came in your head, you had infection. The head will swell up double the size of a normal human head. That's how Jesus was not hanging on the cross with two stripes on his chest. The Bible says he was bruised beyond recognition. If you saw him on the cross, if you did not know it was a human, you would not have realized it was a human. Bruised beyond recognition. Head swollen double the size of a normal human head. But then there's a covenant with our, our heads. The Bible says that Jesus was crucified on a mountain called Golgotha. Golgotha means place of the skull. Place of the skull. The Bible says oh, Jesus gave us the authority and the power over the devil. But the place that you have to win him over is in the place of the skull, in your mind. This is why Paul says you have the mind of Christ. Let me get it deep. As a man thinketh, so is he. If you think that you are like your mama is, you'll be your mama. If you think I am like my daddy is, you'll be your daddy. The Bible says as a man thinketh, so is he. I am not what people say I am. I am what I believe about myself. I believe that I'm blessed beyond the curse. I believe I'm blessed sitting down, standing up. I believe I'm the apple of God's eye. That's what I believe. Let me help you quickly with self-confidence. Self-confidence can quickly turn into an idol. I said to the Lord one day, Lord, why don't I have a self... My self-confidence is zero. And I had a big fight about that for years. My self-confidence for years. Until God shook me the one day. He says, I don't want you to have self-confidence. I want you to have God-confidence. I want you not to see yourself for yourself. I want you to see yourself as I see you. You didn't get this. Self creates an idol. So you see yourself in the image of yourself. But you're supposed to see yourself in the image of God. I am what God says I am. Listen, there's no one that looks like me. There's no one that can preach like me. There's nobody that can walk like me. There's nobody that can talk like me. Come on. Nobody has a face like me, a beard like me, eyes like me, fingers like me. Even my height, I'm perfect. Lord, why did you make me so short? Because I make everything to grow until it's perfect. Some of you, God, took a very long time. Tinas, <coughs> when you're perfect, you stop growing. The world can say you're short. God says, I'm perfect. God says, my goodness, I chose you over my son. You didn't get this. You're so perfect, I chose you over my son. You were supposed to die. I said, no way, my son is going on. Oh, my son is going on your behalf. Don't worry about a self-image. Because you get older, Botox gets more expensive. The chassis starts to fall. 
gravity kicks in. Everything goes to the ground. But when you have a God confidence, you don't care what the world thinks. Because this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it. And the world cannot take it away. Let me just throw this in. You're not boring, sir. You're just a man of God. A man of God don't know how to open up a bottle, but he knows how to open up his Bible. A man, come on, a true man in this hour knows how to pray. His children knows I have a daddy that's a praying warrior, a man of faith. Woo! Woo! As a man think of so easy. The Bible says they took Jesus away. Number four, they, they opened up his back. They whipped him. And you know, the, the Bible is very clear. Our covenant that was made, this, it says that by his stripes, you are healed. You are healed. You are healed. Now, Jesus healed you more than 2,000 years ago. He's not going to heal you today. He healed you already. What's happening today is the manifestation of what Christ already accomplished for you on Calvary's cross. How do I get my healing? By believing. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. I'm speaking to you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to go quickly and then I'm going to get to the word. They crucified him naked. He was naked. When he was walking the Via Dolorosa, Rosa, he was naked. The Via Dolorosa Rosa was the business market of the day. Everybody did business in the streets. And they told him to walk with his cross during or, or through the Via Dolorosa Rosa during business hours. So everybody could see his nakedness. This is the highest form of humiliation. And so they whipped him. Now think about this. That every time that they whipped Jesus... If you study the scripture, you'll see that the, the whips had about 12 lashes on. Each lash had metal at the end to carry its weight. On each lash there were stones and glass and metal. So that when they whipped you, as they pulled the strings back, part of your flesh would go out with it. So when Jesus was crucified, you could have seen his intestines. Every time a part of his flesh fell to the ground, he died for somebody's flesh. There goes the cancer. There goes the sickness of TB. There goes the sickness for COVID. They beat him beyond recognition. The Bible says as a lamb that was taken to eat slaughterers, he did not open up his mouth. That's, I think that's the most horrific thing to think about. They led him as a lamb to eat his slaughterers. And yet he did not open his mouth. I like what he answered them when they said, Why don't you answer us? Don't you know that I have the power to set you free? Jesus says, Hang on now. The only power that you have is the power that you've received from above. You've got, in other words, what Jesus is saying, the power that you have, I gave you that power. You have no power and authority to set me free. I have come to set you free. If you know who you're talking to, I am the Messiah. Come on, the Lamb of God, the resurrection and the life. Nobody's taking my life. Freely I lay down my life and freely I pick it up again. Come on, that's Jesus. So they gave him his wooden beam on his shoulder, the cross beam, to walk through the Via Dolorosa. You know, when I was there, they explained this to me. It, it was about 900 meters that he needed to walk with a beam of about between 30 and 50 kilograms on his shoulders. And this Jesus was so beaten now that he was so, so weak. He lost most of his blood already. Now, if you lose blood, you lose color. Who knows that, by the way? You and what happens to your, your head? It feels like it's spinning. You feel drowsy. Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. So Jesus had to walk with that feeling on his shoulders and he fell down and they whipped him and he stood up again and was walking again and they whipped him and he fell down again and then they found a man of the name of Simon next to the road and they said, come help him. He said, I, had, I don't want any part of this. But long story short, Simon came next to Jesus 
And so the wooden beam is on Jesus' shoulder and he came next to him and he helped Jesus carry the cross. Many people just read that scripture, but I don't, real, I don't think people realize a divine exchange happened right then and then. Jesus told him basically, Simon, from now on, I'm going to make it easy for you. I want to give you my yoke. Give me your yoke and take my yoke for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn from me. So the divine exchange happened right there. He took the, 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 the cross of Jesus or the yoke of Christ. Christ took his yoke. In other words, Jesus, when Jesus looked him in the eye, there was a divine exchange. I'm taking all your failures, all your sin, all your iniquity. Come on, all your pains, all your loneliness, all your brokenness, all your family problems. Come on, and the generations that will come from your seat. I'll take everything. I'll give you my yoke. My yoke is a yoke of peace that surpasses all understanding. Joy in the Holy Ghost, the love of the Father, the power from on high. You don't have to worry. I take everything on. Oh, hallelujah. This is a divine exchange. Got to the cross eventually. They nailed him. Nails through his hands, nails through his feet. Nails through the hands speaks about forgiveness. Number five, covenant of forgiveness. Number six, nails through the feet speaks about the steps of the righteous has been ordered by the Lord. How many of you are righteous this morning? How many of you are righteous? Satan cannot do anything unless God allows it. When you walk... Bible says your footsteps are ordered by God. When Satan tries anything, your footsteps are ordered by the Lord. When Satan tries to stop you, your job, so many job losses, he tries to say, I'm going to finish you. But God says, I'm just getting started. <laughs> Hallelujah. And number seven, Jesus hung on the cross. He cried out, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Long story short, when Jesus breathed out his last. Before he, cry, he cried out, it is finished, he breathed out his last. I'm getting to the exciting part now. The scripture says this, that they had to kill people before the sun goes down. In other words, 9 a.m., if you think about this, 9 a.m., everything happened. They caught Jesus during the night. All right? In the middle of the night, it was cold. Then they questioned him. They threw him in a prison. From the prison... He was receiving the crown, and, and they whipped him, and they beat him. Long story short, 3 p.m., 3 p.m., he breathed out his last. And, and let me just hit you with some knowledge. It did not happen on a Friday. It happened on a Wednesday. If it happened on a Friday, it could not be 24 hours, 3 days, 24 hours to, until the Sunday. He died on a Wednesday, 3 p.m. And then so the next day, Thursday, 3 p.m. was one day. The next day, 3 p.m. Friday. The next day, Saturday, 3 p.m. Remember, they, those, the times was different. So when it became uh, uh, um, the next day, Sunday, remember 3 p.m. it's sunset for them. It came to the next day, Sunday. When they came on the Sunday to the tomb, it was gone because he was already three days dead. He needed to stay there for three days. Because if he, if he decided to stay for two days, they would have said he never died. They believe Jews' spirit believed them only after three days. Now, think about this. He's the only man that ever prophesied his own death and his resurrection. He says they're going to break down this body. Woo! And for three days I'll be in the underworld like Jonah spent three days and three nights. He says, but on the third day I will rise again. Let me just put this down. You know, my whole message is different, but let's go with the Holy Spirit. His one is better. And then the, so the scripture says that when he breathed out his last, they had to break people's knees so that they can die before sunset. So they started breaking the knees of the thieves and the murderers that's standing all over. And when they got to Jesus, they saw that he's already dead. I like this, that not, not all the wounds, not all the blood loss, not all the insults could have killed him. He decided it is finished. He breathed out his last. Death had no power, no hold over him. The sinless Son of God. 
And the Bible says, so they took a spear and they pierced his side and out comes blood, then comes water. Medically proven, if your body doesn't have any blood anymore, it gives out water. Jesus shed every blood, every drop, every ounce of blood came out of his body. Then his body gave out water. But the book of Leviticus teaches us, before you can go into the Holy of Holies, you have to apply the blood, then the oil. Hallelujah. So what Jesus was saying, I'm giving you now. Think about this. When Adam, the Bible says Adam fell asleep. And God took from his side a friend called Eve. Adam was created from the dust. Eve was created from the rib. This is why we don't know. We don't understand them. I went to a bookstore the other day. I said, can I please have one book? How to understand your wife for dummies. We don't have this book because we slept while God made them. Oh, yes. So we don't know what God has put in them. Let me just say this. Sorry, guys, but it's truth. This is why they are stronger than us. We were created from dust. They were created from bone. This is why the Bible says, bone from my bone. My spirit. From your, do you know why? From your ribs, close to your heart. To protect the heart. Underneath your arm for protection. Next to you, to be equal to you. Oh, come on now. This is why they carry the children. Dust can't do that. I'm the man, until you have a baby. Hallelujah. So women are strong. Woman, you are strong. Stronger than they, they realize that you are. So God says that He's taking from Adam's side a friend. When Jesus slept on the cross, meaning He died on the cross, from His side God gave a friend. The Holy Spirit that will be with the church, that will empower the church forever and forever and forever. And something happened here right now, happened. You know, Jesus had to do exactly, he had to go through our own experience. The Bible says everybody who died in the Lord. In other words, I'm speaking to you about Adam and David and Solomon and, and no, no, maybe not Solomon. Let's just, maybe not Solomon. Solomon lost his head. Listen to me. My God. The wisest man in the world. What? He had a thousand women. Maybe wise because he had to remember each, each name. Imagine sitting, sewing, seeing this woman. I want this, my wife. She's already your wife. Oh, sorry. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. My goodness, there was no wisdom. <laughs> I hear him say in the spirit, my one wife feels like a thousand, you know. This is why God says, you just need one. They feel like a thousand. Not my wife. <laughs> In any case, let's go back. <laughs> they went into the underworld, into a place called paradise. When Abraham died, he went into paradise in the underworld. Who remembered when the, when the rich man and Lazarus, the scripture says the rich man died, he went to hell and he saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. And he said, can I just cross over for my tongue is burning. And they said, there's a big division between the two. So they couldn't, they couldn't cross over. But Satan kept the people of God there against their own will because satan took the keys of hell of death and of the grave when adam lost his dominion in the garden of eden who understands that so there's compartments in the underworld one of those compartments was called uh, was called paradise where abraham david Isaiah, oh hallelujah jeremiah amos and all of the all of the likes were waiting for the promise of the messiah to come they were not in pain but they were kept there, they were kept there because we as God's people, we lost the keys to the kingdom. So what happened was, when you die, your body goes to the grave, and your spirit and your soul lives forevermore. Until the end of the age, then you will get a new body, the scripture teaches us. Who knows that? You'll get a heavenly body, or even in hell, you'll get a new body that will be burning and punished forever and forever. 
But so long story short, so Jesus had to go to the same place into the underworld. But something happened. This was not just any man. This was the sinless Son of God who fulfilled the whole law. Listen to me. Satan fought, he won until Jesus showed up for the keys. Let me say that again. Satan fought, he won until Jesus showed up for the keys. The Bible says that Jesus went down to the underworld. Now I want you to think about this. Genesis chapter 6 teaches us that angels, fallen angels, came to earth, sleep with women. They, they bared children and it became giants. And a giant race was produced. And God said that he's going to send the flood. Noah was a righteous preacher. He warned people. People did not listen. But the Lord destroyed the whole earth and all the giants was done. God made a covenant in the sky, put a rainbow there. He says, I will never allow the world to be done with water again. It will never be destroyed with water. Satan believes God's covenant. He sends a second group of angels to sleep with women. They bear children. And that's where God could not send rain again. He, he had to use David. He had to use Israel to kill the giants. That's, by the way, where Goliath comes from. Who knows that? Scripture says in the book of, of Peter, I'll get to that later if the Lord permits. But those angels who left their boat are in prison in the underworld called Tartarus. And they are chained up waiting for judgment. Now, the Bible says that when Jesus went into the underworld, He preached to the departed souls. He did not preach, he did not preach to, to Jonah. He did not preach to Abraham because man... He has heard the gospel. Listen, after you die, there's no more gospel. There's no second chance. You have a chance right now. Jesus had to walk in, look at me, towards those angels in Tartarus. And he preached the gospel to them because First Peter teaches us that angels don't understand the gospel. They look into us. To see the full God. So Jesus walked towards the angels and he started preaching the gospel. I can imagine from the beginning of time right to where he was. He was preaching the gospel. I can just imagine this. You tried to stop me, but here I am. Maybe you don't understand me. The angels came to do one thing, to corrupt the seed of God. So that Jesus could not come. That's why the angels slept with women and produced giants. Do you understand that? So that the seed that God said to the devil in the garden of Eden will crush your head cannot come. So Jesus walked towards those angels and said, you tried to stop me, but here I am. People say, well, when Jesus went down, he burned in hell. He did not burn in hell. There was no fight between him and Lucifer for the keys. It was simply an exchange of hands. Jesus stepped in. The coward bowed his, he bowed his knees in the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. There was no wrestling for three days. No wrestling for three days. When Jesus stepped in, Lucifer the coward had to bow his knees. He thought he was winning. I can just imagine how confused he was. I thought he's dead. Jesus said, give me back the keys. Come on, give me the keys of hell, of death, and of the grave. The Bible teaches us clearly, when Jesus was resurrected, tombs in Jerusalem emptied out of departed loved ones who are saved. And they went to their neighborhood in Jerusalem and they greeted some of the folks. Imagine, here's Abraham knocking on somebody's door. I'm just here telling you hi and bye. Now I'm going to go to paradise in the sky. I will be with the Lord forever and forever. Death has no more power. When Jesus took back the keys, he won over death. This is why Jesus says in the book of John, He says, even if you have died, if you believe, you will live forever. And if you are still alive and believe, you will never die. Ooh, how's that possible? If you believe in Jesus Christ, you never die. This body goes back to the ground, but my spirit is alive forever. I'm getting a new body. A glorified body. 
that will worship God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You better hear me. The gospel message does not stop when Jesus died. It continues until the third day when the Bible says He's not here. I don't even go there. I want to go on. I want, can I go on? They, they, the scripture says Mary and some of the disciples ran to the tomb on the third day. And when they got there, the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away. If you don't understand this, when they put Jesus in the tomb, they placed guards there to protect the body. They sealed the tomb. But on Resurrection Sunday, there was a move. Woo, there, was a, there was a sound. Make way. Make way, stone. Make way, grave. Mary got into the tomb. And to her surprise, there was no one. Go to any funeral home. Go to any place where loved ones are buried. You'll find the body. Mary goes to the tomb. She finds nothing. She finds two men. The one sits outside. The other one was probably in the grave, in the, in the tomb where Jesus was. And they said, hey, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He is not here. He told you that on the third day, tell your disciples to go to Galilee. The Bible says the only thing she found was two cloths. She found the head cloth and she found his body cloth. That's a proven fact. They didn't steal him. His clothing was there. My goodness. The Bible says they just found two cloths. Now if you, if you figure this out, the Bible says his head cloth was folded nicely. That's what they found, that the one side of the tomb and the other side, his body cloth was doing this. Not folded, but did you know that it was a Hebrew custom that when a, when, a, when a Jewish man ate, when his servants came and found his handkerchief folded up, it means don't take my food. I'm coming back. When they found the handkerchief, throat, just one side, it means it's finished. Take it back. When they found the grave of Jesus, they found two. The one that says, it is finished. The other one that says, I am coming back. Whoa! I am coming back. It is finished. It is finished. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Come on, somebody, shout hallelujah in this place. His head cloth folded up nicely. Why not his body cloth? His head cloth, because he's the head of the church. Tell my church, I am coming back. By the way, not one bone was broken in his body. I always wondered why not one bone until Jesus revealed this to me. They could not break a bone in my body. So to today, they cannot break the body, which is us. Doesn't matter what you go through. It can never break you. It can never destroy you. I said, it can. they cannot break you because they did not make you. Let me just put up this up as a sign for hell to see. There's so much scriptures that teach us that He's a resurrection of life. You know, when I started reading the Word of God, the Bible says that Jesus is the lily of the valley. I like to refer to Him as the lily of my valley. You know, the, the valley speaks about the lowest destination point ever. The mountain always speaks about the high peaks, but the valley speaks about the low peaks. 
can you just play softly in the background? But he says that Jesus is the lily of the valley. Now, when they had to take some of the sheep as the shepherds were tending to the sheep, how many of you know that Psalm 23 is literally, it's, it says that even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, the valley was really a valley of death. It was such a, such a narrow place where the sheep had to walk through. If they just slip, they will fall and die. But it says that even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy wrath and thy staff, it comforts me. So that's what the shepherd did. He was comforting the sheep to walk through the narrow road. The Bible says narrow is the road that leads to heaven. And few find it. And big is the road that leads to destruction. Long story short, he is that lily in your valley. When everything is broken and defeated in your life, you can know that you have a lily in your valley. It's the most beautiful thing. Even if, if death knocks on your door, if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, oh death, where is thy sting? Jesus Christ conquered death. Death has no more power, no more rule, no more reign. Come on over you. Death is not your final destination. Jesus died so that you can be wherever He is. He is the lily. Shout with me, He's the lily of the valley. They rejected the lily of the valley. They crushed Him. As many do today. So many people reject the lily of the valley. I want to tell you this. He's still the lily of the valley. I want to add to this. He's still the most beautiful one in heaven. The Bible calls him the Rose of Sharon. The Rose of Sharon. The Lily of the Valley, but he's also the Rose of Sharon. You know, they mock the Rose of Sharon. Can this be? This is just Joseph's son. Who is this? He can't be the Messiah. Tennis and Earth, come help me quickly. He's not the Messiah. He can't be the Messiah. They trample the blood of Christ underfoot. So many today still reject him. But I want to tell you, this rose of Sharon is coming back as a lion. Victorious, powerful. Hallelujah. The scripture says that the rock who they rejected, the stone which they rejected, became the chief cornerstone. Everything that you build, you build on the chief cornerstone. This is where you build your marriage, you build your business, you build your ministry, you build your foundation. Oh my goodness, if this is your foundation, nothing can shake you. The Bible says the stone that they have rejected became the chief cornerstone. He is still the commander-in-chief, the captain of our salvation. Come on, if you believe that, shout yes. But the scripture also says that he's the rock of ages. Come on, He's the all-sufficient one. Lift those hands and say with me, the all-sufficient one. The Bible says that He's the bread of life. Jesus says the following. He says, take and eat. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus says, take and eat. That is my body of the new covenant. You know what Peter said? Peter said, Lord, I think about the night that Jesus sat and spent time with them. He said to Peter, let me wash your feet. Peter said, Lord, there's no way that you're going to wash my feet. Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. He says, Lord, then I want to ask you to wash my whole body. Yeah. Wash my whole body. But this became the bread from heaven. Jesus says, when you eat the bread of life, you'll never hunger again. Listen, there is a bread that will feed you. 
everything that this is the problem people of God let me just quickly go down here people seek the living among the dead people try to find Jesus in the television in social media they try to find him in CNN they try to find him in Facebook he's not there why are you seeking the living among the dead listen the hole that you have in your heart that emptiness that void can be filled with the bread of life and he says the bread that comes down from heaven and he became come on I said he became the bread from heaven Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. His body was broken. So that my body never be broken. Through Him I can have life and life in abundance. The scripture says, He's the fountain of life. Oh, hallelujah. He's the fountain of life. The Bible says, By His blood we are sanctified. We are redeemed. And His blood was poured out for us. And then the scripture says, they took his body, body off the cross and they took him right to the grave. Now that he did for me and for you. The price that he paid was for me and for you. They laid him down. The Bible says, he went into the underworld and he defeated everything that needed to be defeated. He took back the keys. He even promised this. To Peter, he said to Peter, Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 18, 18, Behold, I give you the keys. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Why? Luke says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Come on. Revelation 1, 18 says, Behold, I was dead, but I live forevermore. And I have the keys of hell, of Hades, and of the grave. And the scripture says, On the third day they could no longer find him in the tomb, for he was risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah one more time. Jesus promised because I live, you will live also. Because I live, you will live also. Listen, today we are not celebrating a funeral. We are celebrating life. <laughs> I have come to give you life. And life in abundance. Death is illegal. Maybe you hear me. Death is illegal. Lack is illegal. Bondage is illegal. He's alive and he is well. Shout hallelujah. Now I need to stop here right now. If I, I have not touched my notes. And if I do, I'm going not, I, I am going, listen, I'm going to be disobedient to the Lord. Lift your hands. He's here right now. The resurrection and the life. We don't celebrate death. I want to say this prophetically. Dry bones, today we are not burying you. We are resurrecting you. Everything that is dead is coming alive. It's coming alive. You better tell those dry bones. Hear the word of God. You are coming alive. And as your hands are lifted, the fire of God is all over me. Father, I pray. Touch everyone. Touch every single one. Get ready, people. There's something happening in this place right now. What I want you to do is I want you to lift your, your voices. Start to pray with me. Come on. Start to pray with me. Quickly, quickly. Jesus says, because I live, you will live. Paul says, if there was no resurrection, then our faith is hopeless. Our faith is void. But because He has risen, this is why we as the body of Christ can never be defeated. I love to her voice. Please pray. I, I, I ask you again, pray with me. Don't, don't stop. Continue to pray. Something is breaking out. He's risen. He's risen. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. I feel fire. I want to ask you five minutes. Just pray with me five minutes. 
My God is power here. Goodness gracious. I feel so strong in my heart today to tell people time for getting right is over. We have to live right. He's coming back. Jesus, we worship you. We exalt you. We praise you. We glorify. Thank you that you are the risen King. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right, morning stars. Quickly stand to your feet, please. This morning we are reminded of your covenant. Christ has risen. The word says that you have taken back the keys of hell, sin, death, and the grave. You are alive and well today. Mediator for us.